In the, this year of transformation, I've been you know, concerned greatly with uh, the ability of the enemy to bring deception and demonization into the lives of believers. I mean, you know, he set us free to stay free. Uh, we're his people. We're not the devil's plaything. Amen. And so when we talk about this, there's a, there's a way for you and for me to maintain a perpetual state of spiritual renewal. I want to say that again. It's God's will that you not just go somewhere and be renewed, but you stay renewed. It's a lot easier for you to walk in victory if you're in a perpetual state of spiritual renewal than trying to find yourself, you know, in the bottom of a ditch, you know, looking up. And it's really not that complicated. The devil would like you to think it's uh, so, so hard to do this. And sometimes the church makes it sound like that. And, of course, religion always makes things harder than they are. If you'll just do a, a few key things, whether you realize it or not, whether you feel anything or not, we're not talking about your emotions. Can I have an amen? amen? We're talking about spiritual renewal. If you'll stay renewed, the rest of your life will follow you. Amen. <laughs> When you say spiritually renewed, your mind, your will, your emotions, everything falls into place. So I want to talk about the three habits, and we started this a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. We talked about number one. This is the first key tonight. It's renewing the mind. And I'm going to say it like this. Renew it, then do it again, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And when you get tired of it, do it again. Because your mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. That's just the way it is. I wish we could just have a session in the Word of God, praise the Lord, get really inundated, get immersed in the Word, and that would fix it. But that's not the way this works. So going back to Romans 12, and uh, I'll be giving you a, a, you know, a foundation of the Word so you understand this and define for you clearly tonight what it means to renew your mind. And then we'll go forward into the next uh, you know, principle or habit. But say it with me, the habit of renewing the mind. That's different from blowing into church once in a while and opening up the Bible when the preacher's preaching. We're talking about you taking responsibility for the preservation and the renewing of your mind. There's a very good reason for that. It says, Therefore I urge your brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, this is important because there's not going to be any renewing if you don't offer up your life and your body as a sacrifice. There's only so much renewing of the mind that can take place if your body's still in charge of your life. So there's a bit of wisdom here. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. J.B. Phillips says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. And how do you know it's trying? Yes, it is. With every effort, every broadcast, every political event, you know, every new movie, everything's trying to force you into compliance. And it used to be, you know, acceptance, but it's no longer just acceptance they want. They want you to be an advocate. And it, uh, you know, it, it didn't, uh, it started kind of subtly. And I'll, I'll explain what this is. How many of you believe that we're all made in God's image? Yes. Do you believe that? Amen. There's no longer male and female, Amen. Jew and Gentile, free and slave. There's no longer black and white and pink and polka dot. And in God, we are what? We are one. And biblically, it's true, and scientifically, it's true. There's really only one race. But a few, you know, a few years ago, they came out with this that it's not enough for you to treat everybody with love and respect and kindness and treat them as they are, a, you know, a precious vessel of God, if they're made by Him. Now you have to be anti-race. And if you're not anti-racist, then you, in fact, are a racist. That's the biggest bunch of hogwash I've ever heard in my life. But it used to be walk in love, acceptance, you know, treat everyone with respect. But now if you're not a crusader against something, then you, in fact, are the problem. Now, here's, here's the problem. You and I aren't called to endorse things the Word of God forbids. That's right. Yes. And great uh, wise preachers have said it for years, we can't affirm alternate lifestyles, but we don't have to condemn them either. In other words, we don't condemn the person. We love the person without what? Affirming the practice or, or the sin. Um, but uh, you and I are living in an unprecedented time. I have never seen such concentrated effort to try to squeeze you into a mold. And if you squeeze yourself, you allow yourself to be squeezed into a mold of compliance or conforming, then you've lost your voice. And we can't afford to lose any more Christian voices. Are you here today? 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In the year of transformation, I'm going to tell you this, nothing is more important than the renewing of the mind. Then you will be able to test and approve and know what God's will is as good and pleasing and perfect will. So I'm offering my body as a sacrifice unto God. I'm taking seriously the practice of renewing my mind. Now I'm in a position to know what God's will is. We have a lot of people in the body of Christ that go by open door, closed doors. You never know what God's going to do. You know, pick a card, any card, anything will do. And get in their direction everywhere but from the Word of God. And you can't discern God's will if you don't have a body that is living a living sacrifice and if you're not renewing your mind. Now, that doesn't mean you and I can't know God's will. That's a false teaching. You and I can know God's will. But the pathway to knowing God's will is in the renewing of the mind. You say, well, every Christian is renewing their mind. You don't really believe that. That's not the truth. They may be a Christian, but there are a lot of Christians walking around without a renewed mind. And they're not led by the Holy Ghost. They're led by whatever they feel. They make decisions divorced from the leadership of the Holy Ghost and a lot of mobility you see in the body of Christ and a lot of decisions that are being made are not being made based on a renewed mind. Quite the opposite. Amen. But uh, we're not here to talk about what everybody else is doing. We're here to talk about and exhort you regarding what you are doing. And I don't care what the devil has told you or, or told you, what society has told you, or people have told you, friends have told you, even family members. It's not too late for you. Amen. You can get this thing together and be a force for righteousness in this land. You can do great things with the days and the years you have left. Don't buy the lie of the devil. Amen. Amen. You can do amazing things if you will apply yourself to being constantly in a state of spiritual renewal. Amen. You offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. You reject the world's attempt to squeeze you into its mold. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the Word of God. Now you can discern God's will. Only then can you discern and know the truth. Are you here today? Now, what's great about the Word of God is it just complements itself and it affirms itself and it endorses itself. And scriptures like over in Isaiah 55, turn there for a moment and say it with me, every day my mind is being renewed. Isaiah 55 and I want to just look at this, uh, at least through one, uh, one lens today. Everybody say, God bless. God bless. Isaiah uh, 55, and I just want to uh, see where I want to go to. Look at uh, verse 8. Well, go back to verse 7. I'll go back to verse 6. Now, I always want to do that. Her brother Copeland do it lots of times. I just want to do that myself. So, <laughs> verse, uh, verse 7. Um, look at this. So powerful. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and He will have mercy on them and to our God for He will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, religion says, well, see there, there, you can't possibly know the thoughts of God. That's not what Isaiah is teaching. What Isaiah is teaching is that you are systematically and, and trained up to think in a way that is contrary to the Word of God. Now, how many of you remember when, before you were born again? Did not, you do not think contrary to the Word of God. Habitually. And gradually we should begin to learn what His thoughts are. And so I want to clearly define this and make it very simple for you today that there's an easy way to understand what it means to renew your mind. And it's very simple. Replacing your thoughts with the thoughts of God. That's deep. Say it with me. Renew my mind means to replace my thoughts with His thoughts. 
Why? Because our thoughts, you know, tend to go in a direction to whatever most dominant inf- you know, input or influence we've had. And, and oftentimes, even after many years of serving God, how many had the experience of sitting into the Word, 20 years you've been saved, and then your religion still got hit in the face? You still had something come up out of you that was not biblical. It took a long time for you to become pickled. Come on, be honest with you. How many of y'all felt pickled in religion juice and it's taken some time to get that out? Amen. And some people like it that way. That's why they're so sour. <laughs> but I'm not going to live my life that way. It takes some honesty and humility to say, you know what? I learned some things that weren't true. And then there are a lot of things I never learned at all. Amen. I got first baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was shocked that 1 Corinthians 12 was in there. I thought somebody slipped that in there in the middle of the night. But guess what? It's been there for thousands of years. It was new to me. You know, when a new believer comes up to you and says, look, 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 look what's in the Bible. You should just get as excited as they are about it. Not act like, well, I found that out 50 years ago. No, get excited with them. Because what's happening is they're renewing their mind. I say that we're renewing my mind means replacing my thoughts with his thoughts on every issue. Because what? He's right 100% of the time. You and I are not. But he's right 100% of the time. Now, that's a great thing to know. uh, But to do this, I've got to find out what God's thoughts are and where to find them. I cannot possibly replace my thoughts with his thoughts if I don't know what his thoughts are or if I don't know where to find them. Now we're living in a day where people are backing up from things like inerrancy of the scriptures like you've never seen before and everything is relative and I can take this and I can throw it away and I can pick this and choose this, this part of the word. No, you're either in it or you're not. His word's either authoritative to you or it's not. But here's the bottom line. You can search and scour this earth to find the thoughts of God, but the only place you're going to find the thoughts of God are in the Word of God. So if you reject the Word, you've automatically cut yourself off from the renewing of the mind. You can't possibly walk in the will of God, and you can't walk in victory. You can't walk in a perpetual state of renewal. What you'll be in is a perpetual state of confusion and darkness and defeat. You know, Jesus didn't rise from the dead so that you and I would live in perpetual darkness and defeat and confusion. Amen. So he's made it available for us. And uh, from the English translations to all the modern translations to all the translations in the native tongues of uh, you know, people groups all over the world, it's amazing what God has done. I mean, what people like Tyndale did to sacrifice to get this done and others through the years. Today, we have people that uh, are operating through uh, Evangel and other places in the Wycliffe. They're actually putting the scriptures in the hands of people. And when they start reading those things in their native tongue and they begin to, to understand their thoughts, contradict God's thoughts and then submit their thoughts to God's thoughts, it absolutely revolutionizes those people. God's power is the same. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. But if you read Romans 10, they can't believe unless they can hear. They can't hear unless somebody is sent. And it's the preaching of the Word of God. It's understanding that His thoughts are available. Isaiah 55 screams it. My thoughts are available. But it's what you and I choose to do with them. Now, walking in victory in this life is really not that complicated. Choose His thoughts over yours. Amen. And stay humble. (laughs) Uh, You've been walking in the Word a long time. But every once in a while, under the Word of God, something will strike our spirit and we'll go, hmm, (laughs) that's a good thing, isn't it? Say it's a good thing. Uh, We're still growing and we're still learning. Um, You've you've heard me talk about this, but people I respect in the Lord, uh, when they go to a meeting themselves, I don't see them acting like I can't receive anything. Just the opposite. That's right. That's exactly right. 70, 75, 80, 85 year old. I remember stories of Oral Roberts sitting down, you know, with, with Creflo and others and saying, you know what? Teach me about faith. 
You want a 30-something-year-old black man from Atlanta to tell you something about faith. That's how teachable Oral Roberts was to the day he died. No wonder so much power flowed through his life. Religion is, I got this codified, I've got this memorized, I've got this catechism, I've got our little doctrine book, and I'm set. No, it's not about your doctrine book. It's about a perpetual state of growth in God. And it's not going to happen unless you get your mind in a position to be renewed every single day. And you don't have to read 15 chapters a day. Listen to me, you can't handle it. You can't handle that kind of truth. You can't handle it. But you can handle what? In measure to understand and receive from God. Don't receive for, don't read for volume, read for revelation. Come on, say it for me. I'm going to read for revelation. And I'm going to get it too. Expect to get it. Even to, you know, even this week, things popping out of me in the scripture. That's a wonderful thing. And that's a, the healthy attitude to have about this. That Lord, teach me your ways and show me your truth. And he will. That's the key. The renewing of the mind is not some weird thing we can't grasp. It's just taking your thoughts and replacing them with God's. But I've got to know what they are and where to find them. And you're not going to find them anywhere but in his book. Are you here today? And aren't you glad it's available to us? I mean, we now have 15, 20, 25 solid English translations. On top of that, paraphrases that are very valid and, and help you understand. We have word for word like the New American Standard. We have thought for like, like the NLT and the NIV. There are paraphrases that don't violate the basic constructs of the Scripture. We're blessed people. I say we are blessed people. Everybody in this room can be a faith giant if you want to be. Everybody in this room can be a perpetually person you know, who is in, in perpetual renewal and spiritual you know, revival and victory if they want to be. But don't wait on somebody else to do it. How sad is it to think that renewal is in a location or some church or some Bible study or some group. It's right in your lap. It is. Amen. It's right here. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. It's right here. It's right here. You know, I don't know, in, I don't know how many precious you know, Bibles I have. I've been collecting them for years and finest letter you can possibly find. It doesn't make any difference how many you got. Or how many translations you have on your iPad or your phone if you're not reading any of them. That's it. Right. <laughs> Sad as that. Man, he had 500 Bibles, but he died and renewed because he never what? He never read any of them. Glory to God. Say it with me. Renewing my mind. All it means is replacing my thoughts with his thoughts. Isn't that deep? It is because that's the exact way that we go deep. And so when your, your religious training, your upbringing, your thoughts, what you heard, you know, what somebody talks, some talking head said on television, goes contrary to what the Word of God says, what do you do? You yield to what the Word says. Say it with me. I don't care what I was taught. I don't care what I heard 30 years ago. All I care about is what the Word says. And don't fall into this lie that, well, it's such a holy thing and you can't understand it. The Bible wasn't preserved for you and for me so that we wouldn't be able to understand it. Granted, the apocryphal literature like Daniel and Revelation is a little harder for us to grasp because there is symbolism in there and the time is interesting. For example, books like Isaiah, even though we call Isaiah the fifth gospel, it goes up and back in time, up and down. And not just up and back in our time, it goes up and back in time on three different levels and spheres. But with the Holy Ghost, who happened to write the book, yes. are you here tonight? Yes. You can discern what it actually means. Mm -hmm. And for years, professional clergy and ministers, I hate that term, clergy. Clergy and laity. There's no distinction in Scripture. That was man-made so that we could be high and lifted up and you can just sit there in the pew and say amen. And somebody said Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> That's okay. You're in, you're in a class with some very special people. I was, I was teaching on James when I first came to church here, and Sister Turley, which is, of course, you're, somebody's here. There you are. You're back there in the little shadow back there. This is Denise's grandmother. I was preaching on, uh, on James, and Rodney, you guys will probably remember this. 
And I said, you know, it's, we, need to, we need to actually do what the Word says. And I said, it's okay to amen, praise the Lord, but we need to start amening with action. And she goes, amen. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, amen. We're the action. <laughs> praise the Lord. But you know, um, we have this amazing opportunity to keep growing, keep learning, keep developing. And we used to call it, get real formal and talk about things like having a teachable spirit. But you know, it's, it's really more than that. It's having a hunger for renewal in your own life. And if you have a hunger for renewal, you're going to want to be, and you're going to maintain a teachable, pliable, correctable spirit, because you don't know it all. Amen? Now, there are influences out there that, uh, you know, if, if they don't like something the minister says or they get on a broadcast ministry and they go and agree with something, that becomes their little pet peeve on their platform. Uh, nobody out there is going to have it perfect. But God is perfect. And His Word is perfect. Amen. Say it with me. Renew my mind means replacing my thoughts with God's thoughts. It's intentional. It's on purpose. I have to know where I can find those thoughts. Amen. And then make a decision that when my mind and my thoughts, my upbringing, my training contradicts what the Word says, I just go with the Word of God. Amen. Notice I say go with the Word of God, not with somebody else's theology book. Amen. I go with the Word of God. His opinion is all the one that matters. Why is this important? It's important because we think and then we feel and then we do. If we think incorrectly, we are going to feel, amen, in such a way that it dominates our actions in the wrong direction. That's how we are. You must understand this principle. Um, you're not feeling things and then thinking things. You're feeling things because of what you're thinking. Now, if I were a psychiatrist, I could just send you a bill for that. <laughs> Amen? Charge it by the minute. <laughs> you don't need that because the Word of God already teaches us what's true here. Yes. If you'll think right, guess what? You'll feel right. If you feel right, you'll what? You'll act right. By that, I mean the ability to feel things without obeying your feelings. Anything that, that you've been thinking or anything you've been trained to think, that elevates emotionalism over spirituality is something that's incorrect in your thinking. Amen. There's a book that's actually written. I don't mind the book and some of the contents in the book, but emotionally healthy spirituality. Say that with me, emotionally healthy spirituality. Do you see what they did? I just elevated the soul above the perfect spirit. Your spirit man is already perfect if you're yeah. born again. Yeah. I do not want to elevate the soul which is still in transition. It's not fully glorified. Above the spirit man which has been perfected already through the raising from the dead. Amen. You and I were raised with him. Yeah. Spiritually, you're perfect. Yeah. You understand that concept? You have a mind, a will, and emotions in the body. That's, that's coming behind. It's not been perfected yet, but you're in process. That's what the whole concept of transformation is about. Why talk about a year of transformation if we've already been fully transformed? The correct title should be spiritually healthy emotionality. Do you see the difference? Spiritually healthy what? Emotion. Not denying your emotions, but putting them in their place. Amen. And for saying stuff like that, I take some flack. Bring it on. It's the truth. I am not going to make the perfected spirit that he has caused me to be, amen, born again. I'm not going to subject my spirituality, amen, to something as flaky as the emotional realm. That's, it. That's where you get this nonsense. I feel and therefore I am. Well, pastor teaches I shouldn't feel. No, you should not let your feelings run your life. Feel, darling, feel all you want. But do not run your life by what you feel. Because they'll run you right into a ditch. Amen. We're just supposed to be led forth in peace. Let the peace of God rule in your life. Anybody heard a moment in your life or situation in a family where there were a lot of emotions? 
And you had to basically set them over here. Now, what is the word? What is the peace of God saying in this situation? I've had people unite the concept of, you know, running their life by peace with emotions. And I feel this and I feel that. No, that's the wrong mentality. Perception spiritually is different from what you have been trained to do emotionally. Uh, this is like a mini seminar on spiritually healthy emotionality. But it's important to make the point. The only way to get there is by the renewing of the mind. The other pathway is to focus on your emotions and the expression of your emotions, and you'll be told to vent and to share. The problem with that is you trample over scriptures that tell you to keep your big blab mouth shut. Let no unwholesome communication come out of your mouth. So you tell 15 people how so-and-so wronged you, and maybe you feel better emotionally, and maybe the experts would tell you that that's how to be emotionally healthy. You're never going to be emotionally healthy trampling over Scripture. No. Ever. That's right. That is a lie. The way to be healthy emotionally is what? To put it in its place and let those emotions follow a renewed mind where you will feel things as a human being, but you won't bow your knee to them. Does that make sense tonight? Say it with me. Spiritually healthy emotionality. Spiritually healthy mentality. Spiritually healthy physicality. And what? Spiritually healthy function of your will. Amen. Imagine if you put your will above spiritual things. Does that sound scriptural? I believe Jesus said, not my will, but thine being done. Right? So why would somebody elevate emotions above the spirituality of the believer? That's carnality. Amen. And that's slum living in a world where you can walk in victory, but you have to have these things in order. Say it, I think, then I feel, and then I do. How I many you believe that 2 Corinthians is still inspired of God? Yes. Chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down vain imaginations and every thought, high thing that exalts itself. You see what's going on here? What a powerful scripture. Something's trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, above the word, and bringing into captivity every thought. How many thoughts? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. You cannot cast down what you do not know contradicts the Word of God. So preachers, <laughs> I mean, just getting excited about this. Cast down vain imaginations and everything exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And get real excited about this. You can't do that if you don't know what the thoughts of God are. And here's the deal. I can't do it for you. It's a full-time job for me to cast down my own thoughts. Amen. You've got to cast down your own thoughts, but there's no way to do that if you don't know that what you're thinking contradicts the Word of God. Well, if I feel like something's wrong, then, then I'll cast it down. No, it has nothing to do with your emotions. It's your thought runs contradictory to the Word of God. Now you can cast that thing down. And by the way, whose responsibility is it to cast them down? It's your job, Pastor. You're the pastor. Come home and cast my thoughts down. Oh, no. No. My job is to what? Train you in how to do it. Exhort you to do what you've been trained to do. But I can't cast them down. When the devil comes in and lies to you, tells you something's unscriptural, I'm not there. And the reality is, even if your spouse is in the same bed with you, they can't do it for you. How many of y'all remember Home Alone 3? He says, what about, you know, spiders and giants and... and and, and the walking dead. Another figment of my imagination is mother says, I can't help you with your imagination. And then the kid goes, that's a scary thought. <laughs> who, who has dominion over their thought life? You do. So much for the concept that people, faith people, you know, walk in easy believism. The easiest thing to do is throw your paddle down and just conform to this world. Float on down the stream of compromise, amen. But it takes somebody with some energy to keep paddling with all this sewage is coming at them. And it used to be a trickle. Now it's rabbits 
And there you are trying to paddle the other way. Well, paddle on, my brothers and sisters, because you happen to be right. If the word is still first place and final authority in your life, and if you're still committed to renewing your mind and you're still committed to walking this thing out in purity and holiness, you're paddling the right way. You need to be commended and encouraged, not criticized. Come on, say it. I'm doing it the right way. And so you have spells where you get tired. Fine, but pick the paddle back up again. You get discouraged? Everybody does. Some days are bad. That's fine, but don't throw your paddle down and quit. Because if you do, there's nothing good at the bottom of that stream waiting for you. Amen. I love the scripture tells us in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. If somebody is searching the scriptures daily to renew their mind, do you think they're loving the word of God? Sure they are. Psalm 1 tells us the importance of meditating day and night. Joshua was told to do the same thing, meditate day and night. And be careful that the Word of God continues to come out of your mouth. He said that confession will continue to lead you and guide you in decisions and actions that will cause you to have victory. He told Joshua, he said, this is God. Everybody say God. God. Everybody say big G. This is Yahweh himself saying, Moses is dead. But if you'll do this, you'll have victory just like he did. You will make your way successful. Do you know that a believer can make themselves successful? Oh, no, if it's God's will, if it be thy will. No, if it be thy will. If he told it to Moses, it's applicable to you and to me. And now we have greater revelation. If he told it to his son Joshua, amen, in the faith, that it's applicable to you and to me. And we should not let the book of the law depart from our mouth, but what? We should continue to speak and confess it, to meditate upon it day and night, and then we what? We'll be careful to do it, and in doing so, we'll make our way successful. Everybody in here can be extremely successful in the things of God. But you know, for some believers, it's easier just to be mediocre. No resistance, no fight, just float on down the stream, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. It's great you're saved and going to heaven. But, uh, you know, your responsibility didn't end with you going to heaven. We're responsible to take as many people as we can. Yeah. And so now I just laugh at all the nonsense that's out there on the air, you know. <laughs> Latest thing is to, is to, you know, talk about, you know, Brother Copeland said he's going he's gonna to live to be 120 years old. Can I ask you something? Is it any of your business what somebody else is believing God for? I hear people say all the time, my people die young. My people die at 60, 75 years old. So a man of God, based on what was said in Genesis, says, you know what? I am believing God to speak, to, to live to be 120. And by the way, over in Okinawa, they have thousands of people that are over 100 right, right now. Uh, they just don't eat and live like we do. Right. Another sermon. Right. Say it with me, another sermon. Another, sermon. <laughs> another time. Everybody go, thank God. So he said, I'm going to live to be 120, and here come the critics. The show where he says that, and I've been in meetings where he's actually said that. You know what? It's none of your business what somebody else is believing God for. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And it's not an indictment on somebody who wants to live to be 70 and go home to be with the Lord, or whatever it is. And so my action and my response now is, why don't you just shut up and go win some souls? Yeah. Hey, heretic hunter, shut up and go win some souls. Yeah. You want to put that out there? Just shut up and win souls. No one needs your criticism. Amen. No one called you to the heresy hunting business. But God did call you to bless the body of Christ, yes. not curse it. That's what we've been commanded to do. And we've been commanded to preach the gospel and what disciple people that have responded to it. Amen. All that time, all that money, all that effort. Hallelujah. And you know what? Criticizing people that God, that uh, they believe that God will bless you if you'll serve Him and follow Him. And they make these videos criticizing people that teach that. And you know why they make those videos? So they can get some clicks and views to make money. Nothing stinks to high heaven like hypocrisy. Amen. Praise God. Your mind's not being renewed by that nonsense. Your mind is renewed by 
the Word of God. Let's all say it together. Just shut up and win some souls. And guess what? When you get to heaven, everything's going to be corrected. But what's going to measure, what's going to last are the people we've what? Led to the Lord. That's what's getting to heaven with us. Amen. Do you know there won't be a single theology book in heaven? Not a one. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yes, but the word, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, what? Endures forever. Yes, it does. The Spirit gives life, John 6, 63 says, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they're full of spirit and life. There's nothing else like the Word of God. Nothing. How many like to walk in the Spirit? How many like life? Abundant life through the Word of God. But understand this, once you know what God says, don't come off of it. James says in James 1a, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Find out what God's side is on something and stick to it. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, find out what God's side is and stick to it. You mean to tell me that our loving God has sides? It's exactly what I'm telling you. There's right and there's wrong. And to the extent that you stay on His side, your mind's being renewed and you're going to walk in victory. Um, if you're having a problem with that, ask as the psalmist does in Psalm 139 to search you. You know? Is that okay to do that? Yes. Lord, show me where I'm believing something that's not correct. Show me if I've bitten into some poison. Amen. So Psalm 19:14 becomes true and valid for you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore keep preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you uh, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Keep preparing your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Colossians 3.2 says it like this, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are all on the earth. One of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 26.3, He'll give perfect peace to him whose mind it stayed on thee. Well, I can't possibly have the mind of Christ. Well, the Apostle Paul differs from that perspective. He says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, Who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Come on, make that bold. I have, I have the mind of Christ. You have the potential and the capacity to receive and believe and live and act on the very words of His Father. How did that happen? Well, you got born again. Before you got born again, you couldn't do that. How many glad you're born again? Amen. So you have what it takes to walk in that level of revelation and live it out in your life. That's why he says in Philippians chapter 4, another great scripture, verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true. Well, what's the basis of what's true? The word, whatever is honorable. What's the basis of what's honorable? The word, whatever is just. What's the supreme book of justice in the universe? The word of God. Whatever is pure. What's the standard for purity come from? The Word of God. Whatever is lovely. Where does that come from? The Word of God. Whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, do what? Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now watch this. He says, think on these things and by implication, don't think on these things. That's a decision. The renewed mind is the process of what? Replacing your thoughts with His thoughts. Knowing that you have the authority, watch this, to think anything you want to think and stop thinking anything you don't want to think. No, 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 I just go off on tangents. No, if you're on a tangent, you chose to be. That's right. He is saying that you have the ability to think at will. How many are alive tonight? Yeah. And you think that your mind is relatively functional? Yeah. There'll be no debating that tonight, amen? Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to take everybody's word for it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm alive, I'm alive and my mind is working. Mind I have the authority to think anything I want to. 
here's what the Bible says. Here's what I think or the devil thinks or somebody else tried to sow into my life. Now I have the ability to stop thinking one. And a lot of you that deal with, with discouragement and depression and having kind of a gloomy thing over your life all the time, you kind of got that Eeyore spirit, if you'll just stop and say, you know what, I don't have to think these thoughts. My reality can be grounded in what did God say rather than what I'm feeling right now because I'm thinking things that are incorrect. You can arrest those things. Yes. Amen. And he gave you an amazing gift to do this. Now, some of you have been trying to fight thoughts with other thoughts for years. The way you do this is to fight those thoughts with the spoken word of your mouth. You were engineered in such a way that if you start talking, your mind will stop to listen to what your mouth is saying. So the way you shut down that rogue thought, you'll never do anything, you'll never be anything, you're just worthless, you should just cash out, nobody would even miss you. All the things the devil tries to tell people, and there's a rep epidemic right now of all the age groups of self-destruction in this country. And it's coming from hopelessness. And sometimes even believers are, are pounded by this stuff. The way to beat that is not try to think it away as much as do what? Arrest those thoughts. And as you're renewing your mind, the process it takes or the time it takes to renew your mind, be using your mouth to make your mind stop and listen to the truth. But if you're doing this, make sure you're not speaking nonsense. Don't be agreeing with what the devil is saying with your mouth. Be the deciding witness or, or, or you know, be the deciding factor in your faith. Don't agree with the devil, but agree with the Word of God. So when you're thinking something that's, that's rogue or unscriptural, and how many know uh, the devil does try to play around and mess with people? Yeah. Amen? Mm -hmm. I remember last time this happened to you. You just mind your own business, and here comes this, this weird thing. It can happen. Amen. You can hear something wild out there, and it gets sowed into your heart as a seed. How do you get victory over this? You open up your mouth, and you declare what God says yeah. about you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Say, I'm the head, I'm not the tail, above only. Not beneath. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Everything I put my hand to prospers. These blessings shall come up on me and overtake me. Now, how can I say that? How can I receive it? How can I renew my mind? Because that's what the Word says. Now, watch this. You come into this church and we ask you to say things. We don't make you say anything. Some people in this church did what I did when I was a Lutheran. We used to act like we were singing with no sound coming out. Some people do the same thing when it comes to confession time. But nothing comes out. <laughs> this is what I'm saying to you. you don't, you're not asked to repeat things and confess things because it's cultish. No. You're asked to repeat things because that's how they get into your spirit yes. in abundance. The ancients would describe this new thing called Christianity in the first century. They called it the Great Confession. You want to know why? First of all, you had to confess Christ to be saved. You believed God raised him from the dead. And second of all, everything was confessional. We didn't have the manuscripts. It's a Hebrew tradition where people receive these things passed down from mouth to ear. That was the foundation. You and I are blessed to have these things recorded for us. But it doesn't change the very nature of what is still the great confession. So when the pastor or Sunday school teacher or guest minister asks you to say something, they'll go, <laughs> what's the point? The point is, if you're saying that, you need your mind renewed. And you probably need to say everything we're asking you to say with joy and a smile and bells on. And I'll tell you something else too. If you'll take this aspect of, of speaking so that your mind stops to listen to what your mouth has to say, if you do this in faith, after you make that confession, you will sense a building up on the inside of you you did not have until you made that confession. Now imagine you walked out of here and did the same thing when I wasn't around. How built up you could be in this process of renewing the mind. This is all part of how you actually do this. The practical ways that, that you can actually lay down and, and take captive over and cast down things that are contradictory to the Word of God and take on what God's Word says. Listen to some Proverbs 6. 
Verse 20, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they'll guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. Watch this. God's command says, Word will guide me, keep me, and talk to me. Say with me, God's Word is guiding me, keeping me, and talking to me. Do you know it's the Word that's in there in abundance? That's the Word that's talking to you. Out of nowhere, up will spring the Word of God from your spirit to give you the counsel that you need in that situation. Say it with me. It is guiding me, keeping me, and talking to me. Well, pastor, it's not guiding me. It's not keeping me. It's not talking to me. It's not because he doesn't want to. It's because you're not putting it in. Listen, the Word describes itself as living. Don't be surprised if it talks to you. It's alive. It's the only thing like it in the universe. You can memorize somebody's poem. You can memorize some section of a book. But only the Word of God is living. It's alive. And it'll talk to you when you put it in here in abundance. I just ran across the scripture again you know, this week, Proverbs 19, 27. Stop listening to instruction, my son. And you'll stray from the words of knowledge. What is it saying? Okay, so you've been doing this for a few weeks or a few weeks or whatever, a few years, and then you stop doing it. When you stop doing it, you're going to stray from the words of knowledge. What's going to happen is you're not going to replace God's word in your thinking with whatever you're getting from the world or whatever influences out there. In other words, instead of renewing, you're reversing. Watch this. You're either transforming every day or you're conforming. Every single day. Say it with me. Every day, I'm either transforming or I'm conforming. And how is that? Every day, just a little bit more renewing the mind. Amen? Read, study, reflect, memorize, meditate, but make sure when, you know, your mind has a, has a problem with something, it's not that the Word of God is wrong. Say it with me. It's never wrong. Say it the Word it's never wrong. And no, I don't buy into this, you know, conspiracy theories of people out there that Isaiah was written by five different people and you can't trust the Word of God and it's got contradictions. No, contradictions in the Word of God are proposed by people who have no revelation. Don't misunderstand. Their contradiction is a lack of revelation. The Word of God is historical. You got to tell you this. There's a joint expedition between the Chinese and Turkish authorities. They think they've discovered Noah's Ark. Won't that be amazing? Yeah. It'll be real easy to discern whether that's true or not because if it matches the express, amen, the illustration of what the Word says that ark was supposed to be. What I'm saying is the Word always backs itself up. Sooner or later, a new dig over in Egypt, a new dig over there on Mount Ararat, it always endorses itself. And so we approach it by faith. We, we believe that God is. And that He's what? a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. We believe what He says. That's what believers do. They believe. But lo and behold, belief one day is going to become sight. What you've been believing for all these years, amen, golden streets, amen, walk in with the saints of old, glory to God, sitting under the teachings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, amen, find out what David knows about worship, hallelujah, how many of you know something? Listen to Paul describe his missionary journeys. Had Jesus tell us in the first person what happened at the moment he died on the cross? Huh? And then when we all get there by rapture, all the old saints are going to say, tell us what that was like. Turn to somebody and tell them, you want to go on the first load. You do not want to be in church or the workplace going, where did it go? Where did it go? That's a bad day on earth. That's a bad day. But you can go, amen. <laughs> well, I don't believe there's a pre-trib rapture. Well, be it unto you according to your faith. I can tell you this, though, regardless of the timing, you better be right. 
And the Holy Ghost is saying this across the body of Christ. Get right, get right, get right. It doesn't make any difference. Timing is all relative anyway. But if you're not right. And guess what? Uh, if, if you're not raptured, you're going to go by way of the grave. So you want to be what? Right. You mean to tell me you think there's only one way to heaven? Yeah. That's not what I say. That's what the Word says. But you would be amazed. Do you know that right now about 60% of so-called evangelicals no longer believe that this Bible is inerrant? A huge chunk of them, based on what Barnes researched in his own Christian, basically said they don't even believe that he's the only way. How did that happen? By paying attention to things in the world and unbiblical preaching and what? Renewing their minds, not to the Word of God, but away from the Word of God. There's still only one. One name under heaven, given among men, by which we might be saved. No. Could be saved. Among other pantheon of ways to get there. No. We must be saved. Well, that's awful narrow-minded. Well, guess what? When you're God, you can afford to be narrow-minded. When you put your son up on the cross and never did anything wrong, you can afford to call the shots. Do you see the, the pride in human existence? It's pride that says there are all these ways. No, only one was raised from the dead. Only one's coming back. Amen? But one day your faith will be sight. But until that day, the only way to maintain that faith is with a renewed mind. Say it with me. I'm renewing my mind, casting down vain imaginations, things that exalt themselves above the Word of God, taking captive every thought. How many thoughts? Every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Scripture tells us that God exalted His Word even above His name. How dare we exalt our thoughts over His Word? You know what that's like? That's like exalting your thoughts above God. Let me try that one more time. The Word says He, what, has exalted His Word above His name, above His essence. How dare you and I exalt our thoughts above His Word that He's exalted above His name? That's just pride. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, I don't know it all. And that's okay. But my mind is being renewed. Here's the key. You, you see people who walk in perpetual renewal and they're walking full of life. They're, everything's not perfect in their life. They don't live in a bubble. They're attacked. There are assignments against them. There's warfare that's real. But the joy and the peace remain. Amen? The victory is there. The spring is still in their step. The gleam is still in their eye. The joy is still in their heart. How can that be? Because they're in a perpetual state of renewal because they've learned the simple principle every single day. Renewal of the mind. Say with me, the renewal of the mind. And look, again, it's something that you just have to put into the category of things I have to discipline myself to do. And if you won't arrest those rogue thoughts, nobody else is going to. Now, some of them are easy. Some of them are more subtle. Some of them sound plausible because somebody with some measure of a platform actually said those. But I'm telling you this, God's not the author of confusion. And if you find something in the Word of God, you are not obliged to bow to any man's interpretation that contradicts what that Word says. You want to live to be 120? We could use people doing that. Amen. You might as well go ahead. You're going to live forever. So, When you lay down this body, guess what? Everything He said, promise is real. Amen. But you find something in the Word of God that lights up on the inside of you and you want to believe for that promise, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Why? Because it's the Word of God. Amen. And I have never seen so much pathetic words of men out there as we have right now. How can I tell? You renew your mind in the Word of God and you'll be able to very lovingly just say, no, thank you. It'll bounce off you. Amen. Lord of God. Y'all remember in Jim and used to play, uh, you know, dodgeball and all that stuff? Remember where they used to put all these red balls on the center line of the gym? And there's one team on this end of the gym. And, and this team was over here. And 
me and my pitching buddies all used to be on the same team. Guess what? You did not want to face us. <laughs> As if they had that ball in our hands. <laughs> you better duck. <laughs> Amen. But once that ball would hit him, even if it hit him in the head, what would it do? It would just bounce off. It may sting for a minute, but it would bounce off. That's what you need to get to the place where all this weird junk just bounces off your head. Amen. I got news for you. If the Bible says he forgives all your sins, then you can count on him to forgive all your sins. If that same word says he heals all your diseases, don't choke, don't gag, and don't listen to men's interpretation. What do you do? You believe what that word says. Amen. The Bible says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he has no sorrow to it. Don't go looking for man's approval. That's a mistake. Once God has spoken on something, conferring with man is not something to do. If you're asking for understanding, seeking teaching, clarification, you want some help, that's great. But once God has made it clear to you, this is the Word of God, and you can have what the Word says. Yes. Amen. Yes. Don't let some, some hack out there with a YouTube channel talk you out of it. Because what will happen is somebody else will get that scripture, stand on it, walk in the blessing, and you'll wonder how come it's not you. I'll tell you why. Because you let, them, you let somebody talk you out of the blessing of God. Amen. Talk you out of the anointing of God, the victory of God, the peace of God. Raven Hill said this, and others have, have paired it through the years. He said one of these days, he said somebody's going to pick up that Bible. He said they're going to read it. They're going to believe it. And they're going to put the rest of us to shame. You want to know why? Because there wasn't somebody there to say they couldn't have this and couldn't do this. We don't have you confess the confession over the Word of God because it's cultic. We do so because it opens up your spirit to the realities. You are what the Bible says you are. That is truth. You can have what the Bible says you can have. And you can do what the Bible says you can do. You can be what the Bible says you can be. You hear the pettiness that's out there. Well... All I can tell you is when somebody actually starts to believe that they can actually do what the Bible says, they can lay hands on the sick. That's it. Hallelujah. Say, who, who authorized you to think you could do that? Almighty God did in His Word. You can be anointed. You can be used of God. You can be a powerful witness for Him. Why? Because He told you, you go and witness. Go and teach all nations. And guess what's going to happen is these signs shall Follow them that believe. Who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anything but what the Word of God tells me. I can have what the Bible says I can have. Watch this. I just said he exalted his Word above his name. So you find a scripture with a promise. I remember one time somebody talked about, even the sparrow has a place you know, to have her young, Right? And somebody used that one time as a scripture believing God for them to have a place to lay their head, a place, you know, to actually have a house. They were renting a long time and wanted to believe God. And since that time, uh, not only have they had that house, that house has been paid off a long time ago. But that was the scripture. Now, once that explodes on the inside of them, I have no right to come back and say, well, you can't have that. The Bible doesn't. Well, wait a minute now. We're talking about what God has spoken to me through his word. I'm going to see that I can have what the Bible says. I can have. This same Bible says, ask anything in my name, and I'll completely ignore you. Oh, that, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. It's not rocket science. But you'd be amazed. Here comes Bubba. Here comes Fred. Here comes Lady Know-It-All, you know. The latest one I heard today, uh, her aunt sent her a video asking me about people calling Jesus Yeshua and how evil that was. All Jesus is. And no, Jesus Yeshua does not turn up in the New Testament. The New Testament is written in Greek. And they started out this diatribe. This is why you've got to be careful what you expose yourself to. Stick to the Word of God. It's what the Hebrews call Him. Yeshua simply means that Almighty God delivers and saves. Yes. Does that sound like Jesus of Nazareth to you? Yeah. Sure it does. And here's the first thing they said. Now keep in mind, there is an entire nation called Israel. Yeah. And they all speak Hebrew as a first or second language. Are you here? Especially if they moved there, if they weren't born there and raised there, it's usually a second language. Right out of the gate, here comes this video of stupidity. 
Hebrew is a dead language. Nobody speaks Hebrew anymore. Benjamin Netanyahu would be impressed to find that out tonight. Nobody speaks Hebrew anymore. And here I'm thinking to myself, we got billions of people dying and going to hell, but that's what's important. Don't call Jesus Yeshua. Jesus, in the Greek translated, means the same thing as Joshua. Anybody know what Joshua means? One who saves. Savior. Aren't you glad he's Savior? I'm just trying to just kind of prod you along. Um, what's the point of having your mind renewed if you're going to flip on some stupid video and believe what it says over the Word of God? God exalted his word above his name. How dare some bumpkin exalt their thoughts above the word of God? Amen. Praise God. Say what you mean, Pastor. I will. Bless God. <laughs> Amen. Think about that. If God exalted his name that high, his word that high, what do you think we should be doing with it? Yes. Amen. So if there's something in the Word that says you can be something, you can do something, you can have something, you grab onto it. Amen. Let everybody fuss and fight about it, you know, but you just grab onto what the Word says. And you'll find out that if you hang on to it and stand upon the Word of God, you'll see things manifest in your life while the critics will sit back and just wonder. Amen? They'll wonder, 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 because they're so wonderful. Amen? But I'll go back to what I said in closing. What we need to do, it's just, just collectively say, just shut up and win souls. Yeah. If you can't do something like that, just be quiet. Amen? This is what they're doing. This is what they should do. If they're not going to speak the word of God. Amen? Give the Lord a big hand clap tonight. Let's thank him for it.